Welcome to the Chef of X podcast. I do have a, a few friends who you know are um, <laughs> dealing with depression and they yeah. tend to spike um, when it gets colder and darker earlier. Um, so I just, uh, I have one friend in particular who I'm very worried about, yeah. um, who I realize might be taking a little too much energy out of myself and yeah. where to place them, you know, where's that fine line as to um, being selfless and selfish for your own you know, health, and I have a lot of uh, health issues as is, so I yeah, do have yeah. to keep an eye out for myself. So that's was something I was um, thinking about. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I understand. Um, mental health is a lot more difficult to manage because um, one, unlike having like a bad knee or something like that, it directly affects your personality. So it can be difficult to distinguish. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir, but <laughs> it can be difficult to distinguish. Between uh, between uh, somebody's who someone is and something that they are experiencing as a disease or as a symptom of a disease, mm-hmm. but I personally uh, I think it was like a, I think it was like last March, so it's been over a year. But I was diagnosed with bipolar one, which is the more dangerous amongst the two. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced depression before, but I've never uh, I don't know it's. I've always been in a situation where it was really easy for me to get help. And it's a big part of dealing with life now, like, is more of survivor syndrome than anything else. I'm thinking like, man, what would life have been like if I had never had any help or I never had any exposure to um, kind of treatment for mental health things? But you're doing a good thing. I mean, as a friend who's supporting a friend um, you're right you are facing a burden um, on your own but hopefully the positive that you're doing is outweighing your lack of sleep (laughs) (laughs) I definitely hope so yeah (laughs) Yeah, I mean mean, obviously uh, different people have different views of medication but I feel a little bit of an obligation to say that medication can help some people so if if if, uh, you know, it's it's your friend's choice, uh, but hopefully, in the long term, they make whatever decision helps the both of you. Um, yeah, that's that's really rough. Well, hopefully, the holidays will cheer you up. Right? I mean, yeah, on one hand, it's getting gloomier, like weather-wise, but not to mention all the smoke in the air. Oh yeah, it's quite dry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to the rain. That's my favorite, you know. Weather. The rain? Yeah, rain and darkness Why? and stuff. Why? So you're like the opposite of your friends in some way. Not to belittle your friends. No, no. It's, uh, it's alright. I, um, I love the rain because of how it, everything looks. Um, you know, there's a shimmer in the streets because of the reflection of the water from the puddles. I love jumping in puddles. I love the way it smells. Okay. Um, which I just think everything's so fascinating. I like... Um, I love, 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 love going to the city, like San, um, even here in San Jose, um, and just looking at the clouds and seeing that they have such an orangey glow that glows back onto the city itself, and okay. I just, I, I just love is that. Is that only on rainy days, or is that in general? 
It's in cloudy days, but I prefer rainy days because I don't really like wind, and I feel yeah. like it tends to be more windy when it's just you know no rain presence. Yeah, so. I I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but that might not be <laughs> those might not be connected. The wind. No, no, I mean, no. It can I be windy it while it's rainy, and it could also be dry and not windy. But no, yeah, I, I see where you're coming yeah. from. So uh, sunsets must be amazing. If you're, into that, if you're into the orange of clouds, sunsets must be, like, orgasmic. Uh, <laughs> I like sunsets, sure, yeah. I mean, who doesn't like sunsets? But How about I thunderstorms? Feel, thunderstorms, I like them, too. Um, From a distance. Yeah. Or, you know. <laughs> I don't mind them at all. Um, you know, they have rain, and I like that. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, it's okay. As long as it's got rain, you know what I'm saying? Make it rain. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. I, uh, I've recently, just to kind of connect this to Ray, I've recently gotten into, which uh, is not connected, biology. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, because I, uh, I've always been, now a lot of people are shocked by this, but I, I, I've been more of a math guy, where uh, I'm really interested in getting a math degree. Um, but then I thought, what am I going to be, like, I want to model some stuff, but what am I going to be modeling, you know, physics, it's pretty much done, it's, that's not true, but that's the way I feel about it, it's saturated by math literate people, but um, biology has something that I think a lot of disciplines, and physics has it, but a lot of disciplines don't appreciate it, and it would help, which is complexity, right, I mean, organisms are like, you know what I'm saying? The computers of nature, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> DNA is like, you know, for somebody who's into data and dry shit like that, it's dope as fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, I was thinking about that today. And, and when I thought of your, your descriptions of rain and you know, clouds, I was thinking, yeah, I'm not really an outdoorsy guy, but I'm probably going to become one in my future. Uh, that seems like the way to go. It is what it is. Wow. I wouldn't have taken you for someone who's so interested in math. Yeah, that's what everyone says. But why? <laughs> but why? Um, well, I mean, from the research that I've read, I'm not going to say it happens to every mathematician who dedicates their life to these yeah. things. Well, that's the thing. I haven't dedicated my life. That's the difference. I'm, I'm, if this, you know, if I do go down that trail... I might turn out whatever, you know, looking however you expect. But I'm not. I'm just interested at kind of at the beginning. If, if anything, I studied engineering. And um, I recognize how much people rely on mathematical models. Um, but also, I just have bad teachers. If I, I feel like if I had good teachers, I would have just enjoyed engineering. <laughs> but I had terrible fucking instructors. Shout out to those instructors. Um... But anyhow, I don't look the part. Why? Because I'm black? Oh, no, not at all. That's not what I Actually, that doesn't work now that Neil deGrasse Tyson is out there. Uh, because uh, I'm really into the arts as well. And um, I think that if you, if, you were, if you were hung around me, then I would act more like an artist yeah, than so. someone who's like a serious yeah. researcher. Yeah, well, I'm not serious the is the main thing. <laughs> because, it, yeah, yeah. well, I'm with certain disciplines I found, you don't have to be serious to be good. Like, serious, serious involves you showing other people that they should take you serious. Like, they should pay attention to you. 
But if you just perform in certain disciplines, that's enough for people to pay attention to. You know what I mean? If my answers are right, I could be laughing, I could be, you know, hanging upside down naked and still solve the problem right. And then it's like, you're going to respect it. It's a very merit-based, skill-based discipline to the point where if the skill isn't looking their part, which it's not in math, then you actually don't have to look any part. It's actually open to more diversity as far as how you look. Okay, now I'm going to go to you because I need to stop talking. What are your greatest fears? That you're aware of, obviously, and that you're willing to share. Well, I can start off with the casual things, such as little holes. I don't like little holes. What do you mean, little holes? Um, it's called triphobia. Um, little holes make me very uncomfortable. Um, triphobia. Yes. Would you like to see a photo of it? Actually, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would take it out. I personally have a hard time. I'll try and endure it. So specific types of holes. It's not just any little. I mean, how little is little? We're talking nanometers or what? Um, <laughs> you can only. <laughs> Actually, the smaller you are, the less you can perceive them. Oh, okay. So, is it difficult for you to look at these pictures on Google? Yes, it is. But oh, wow. so I will do it for you. Um, it looks similar to honeycomb. Yeah, that can make me uncomfortable as well. Yeah. It said it's because of uh, kind of a reaction. Uh, because it, it can happen on our skin. Yeah. And uh, we're, you know, predisposed to being afraid of health conditions that could ultimately kill us. Yeah. Um, so. Um, that's just where it seems to stem from. Okay. But my fear would have to so be. Although your necklace is kind of. There's some holes in it. It's a nice necklace. Thank you. I made it myself. For a non triphobic It's a nice necklace. I don't know. Maybe face your fears, I guess. Wait a minute, you made that necklace? I did make this necklace. Do you regularly uh, make necklaces? No. No. Um, though I would consider myself an artist, I enjoy watercoloring. I play the harp, I play the piano. Holy oh, shit. The harp? Yes, the harp. Oh, shit. How long have you been playing? Um, about three to four years now. It's just something I always wanted to do as a child, and my yeah. mom, she wanted me to play the violin, but I was not interested, yeah, and yeah. I stuck to the harp, and finally she um, she fell for it, I started lessons. I haven't played in a while, but I do know how to play, so. Yeah, that's cool. So you have to, you can't just carry that around. It has to stay in one place, and you have to go to a specialized harp training uh, institute of some sort. Yes. That's cool. That's badass. Because the harp, the harp is like, um... A lot of instruments have this quality, but it's not just an art. It's also there's prestige attached to it because it's like a, you know, it's like an old school okay. thing to yeah, do. <laughs> like that versus a rusty trumpet. The harp <laughs> is gonna look like the more sophisticated instrument. Definitely. That's cool. Um, I I think it has to do with something like um, I also like to do archery. Archery. Um, so they okay. both involve strings and they both uh, involve um, you know finger precision. Okay. Um, and really, it's more of um, how you breathe, how you hold yourself up. You know, in archery, you have to have a straight back, and when you're playing the harp, you have to have the same thing, and um, they just, you know, coincide together pretty much. That's cool. Yeah, and um, 
Well, I, I guess because I started archery, I, I pushed more to play the harp if I had to, um, you know, play an instrument. My mom, my mom was very, um, she felt like it was very important that I learned how, you know, how to um, play an instrument, you know, do different things, be well-versed. Um, yeah. And I got into archery because I, uh, I was diagnosed with a heart condition when I was younger. Oh, in high school, actually. When I was younger, I um, did tons of different dance. I did ballet, tap, gymnastics, acrobatics. Um, I was on a dance team. I did basketball, baseball. I uh, did football. Um, you did football? I did football, yeah. Were you in pads? Huh? Were you in pads? No, no, this is more like a flag football. Okay, either way, I support it. <laughs> Thank you. I did so many different things, and by the time I got into high school, I was so excited. You know, you can get scholarships to these things. I did swimming even, and I started track. And at that point, I just felt something like it was wrong. It was really wrong with my heart. It wasn't. It just, I felt like I was gonna throw up. I was gonna faint. And this was while you were exercising, or just regularly? Just right, uh, when I started exercising, uh, started training to um, do the tryouts. And yeah. I just told my mom, you know, I need to go to the, get myself checked out, and uh, it took about four years of testing yeah. uh, to figure out the, uh, my condition. And during that time, I was just too afraid. Uh, I didn't want to take advantage of my body or anything, and uh, that really uh, messed me up uh, because I dedicated so much of my time to being so active. And I suddenly couldn't do this anymore. It's such a large part of my life. Yeah. And so I decided, you know, I need to find a new sport, something that won't take a toll on me physically, maybe more mentally. And so then I, I chose archery. And then I, after that, I decided, you know, I need to find something else. Because doing four different sports at one time to going to do, you know, one sport was just so difficult. And, um, then that's when I kind of picked up harp. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. There are a lot of interesting things about your story. It's a fail. Um, but I guess at the center of all of them is that you were at a very serious crossroads in your life in high school. And you were also someone who had built up a lot of different skills. You were extremely active. And then you couldn't do them. So you had to have other outlets. I've been thinking about this quasi-theory, <laughs> which is about skills and building skills. Um, there was some great chess player who said, my only real uh, talent is that I know how to learn. He ended up doing, like, winning something in a martial art. But uh, I very much, it wasn't until I read his book that I realized that was my perspective as well. And uh, I like being around people who have built skills because I like testing this idea which is that do you feel that those other sports that you were doing before you learned archery helped you learn archery uh, or helped you learn the harp and do you feel that there was a little bit of a blend or do you feel that they were completely separate as maybe most people think of them I feel like they all uh, had to I'm sorry um, they all helped each other out in the end, um, I might have not been completely, you know, physically panting and, you know, sweating uh, when I'm doing archery, but it definitely helped that I had previously learned 
um, how to plan certain moves out. Uh, you know, the wind's very unpredictable, and you need to take that when you're playing basketball or something. You never know what the player's going to do. But you need to be prepared no matter what. Um, and also, because of dancing, you especially ballet. Ballet stems off into so many different other types of dancing. Yeah. Um, and that really helped me um, be able to, you know, stand up straight and stay in that position and hold my stance while I'm, you know, holding uh, the bow out for, for who knows how long to decide, um, you know, whether the wind's going to help me out or not. And the same thing in harp, you have to stay in that position and focus on um, your next move, your next note, how you're going to move your fingers. And um, that helps because in volleyball, you have to be careful whether you're going to um, you know, spike the ball, whether you're going to just hit it normally with both your arms. Um, you can get you know, really injured from doing that. I definitely jammed my fingers, and so over time, I... I learned that uh, you have to be aware of every single part of your body for your own safety and yeah. how, you know precision of what, how you're going to hit that ball. So that really helped as well in harp um, and in archery because uh, how you position your fingers definitely directs where the arrow is going to go. Um, what about uh, mental toughness or mental abilities that were involved in learning these skills? So posture, obviously, is one thing, and fingering are two skills that you kind of <laughs> emphasize. But um, what about the, the other things that, are so, that aren't directly things you do, but they're, for instance, um, perseverance might be one that people could say, oh, yeah, if, you, if you've persevered through one situation and got the reward or got the whatever, right, got the trophy, whatever you're fighting for, the animal that you shot, that it might be easier to persevere the second time, or it might be easier to whatever. Um, have things of this nature been true in, in your experience? Um, I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> uh, you make me look at things in a different light, but I would have to compare that to patience. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, even if uh, you're exhausted physically during um, some type of sport, uh, you have to keep going. You have to be patient with yourself until that buzzer rings at the very end to tell you the game is over. Um, and you've got to be patient with the notes and, uh, you know, music. Absolutely, you have to be patient. Um, and that can be extremely difficult or boring, and you're just, you're just done, you know? And practicing. Oh, my goodness, practicing for all these different sports, for heart, for, you know. Yeah. That, Do your fingers hurt for heart? Um, they do. You can uh, definitely develop calluses, and I have very soft hands. So, no. yes, you may. <laughs> so, like I said, I haven't played in a while, but I definitely started bleeding after a while. And I could compare my hands to uh, my friends who are weightlifters who yeah, you know yeah. have calluses on their hands. And I played the uh, the alto sax when I was in like the fifth grade. I started, and I went to the seventh grade, and my lips would hurt. It was the worst. It wasn't the worst, but it was like. <laughs> It feels weird to talk, you know? It involves, like, tapping your tongue on a reed so that your tongue's all fucked up. Actually, it got my tongue stronger. <laughs> <laughs> but then I, then I switched to the, um, the drums. So I played, like, the quints, mm -hmm. and it was a lot easier to do certain things, like reading music, whatever. But then it was my... Um, actually, I didn't practice enough, but it was my forearms that hurt. But for certain things, it's just, like...
Yeah, you you, you just when you're de- when you're deciding that you're going to learn this thing, like skateboarding is the best example of this. <laughs> when you're deciding that you're going to learn, you're also just committing to fucking up your shit. <laughs> because there's no no there's no way around it. You're going to fall. You're going to mm-hmm. mess up your elbows. You're going to rip all your jeans. And you're probably going to cry like a couple of times. But then you get to do a kickflip, which is so cool, before you figure out that it's just basic physics. Um, That's actually interesting because I longboard and I recently got in my first accident and I have scars galore on my um, elbow right here. So what happened? You were were going down the street and then what happened? Um, Well, I have been longboarding for about two years now and I have never fallen. Thankfully, um, I'm very Not cautious. Not even when I started. I was just too cautious, and that's why I probably should already know how to do kickflips and all these different well, things. No, but no, no, I no. Um, not for longboarding. That's a different board. Oh well, I mean, I definitely have friends who do those kind of tricks on that. And it you're right. You're right. Let <laughs> so. me step back on that one. I don't know what this, the new ages are doing. <laughs> okay, so you're going um, down the street. Uh, you had two years clean, <laughs> and then you were going down the street or the whatever. Yeah, um, I was going down a windy road, um, at the very base of it actually, and my friend, who has had a lot more practice, um, he went before me, <laughs> and um, he went down, and I was like, alright, he turned around, he went around a corner, and then he came back, and... Like, okay, he's not giving me any, like, signals to be careful. So I was like, all right, I'm safe. He's checked it out. I can go. And I start going, and um, I'm picking up speed, and I'm starting to wobble. Speed. But I <laughs> speed wobble. <laughs> I understand, you know, I took this risk, and I'm going to go through with it. And suddenly he starts to yell at me, stop, stop, stop. And I'm oh, like, no. well, what's around the bend? I think I can handle this, but I don't know what's around the bend. Right. And so he just says, stop, not slow down or anything. And so, like, well, I'm about to go around this bend. Either I'm about to crash into whatever the heck's there, or I jump. So I jumped, and I didn't have enough um, running pace, and I just completely slid on my body. And um, how long ago was this? uh, Early August. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And my friend said that um, out of all of his friends that he's seen in their accidents, that I had the most gruesome accident, that oh. I ripped my jeans, I was bleeding everywhere, I have photos, I just, but I did not cry at all, yeah. and he's, I, I don't tend to cuss in general anyways, and I wasn't cussing or anything, else I'm in pain, yeah, but I, I wasn't, <laughs> um, but he just said um, that that was just so intense that I ended up having to clean my own wounds and everything, because he was freaking out, actually, yeah. and I've, I'm CPR and first aid certified, so I just oh, really? cleaned my own wounds off and wrapped them up, and so um, that was my first time, and... Um, so what was around that bend? Nothing, actually. So why was he telling you to stop? <laughs> he didn't think I could handle the wobbles. Oh. He didn't think I could handle... Speed wobble. Yeah, and I was I I was very frustrated. Let me tell you because um, oh I had already God. you know I had already experienced that. Um, but he in general is pretty overprotective of me in general, <laughs> so I was pretty disappointed that I just ripped myself up for absolutely no, no reason. reason. And so. do, do you carve when you get speed wobble, or do you carve in general? Well, I didn't know that existed. I mean, I knew about that, but yeah. I didn't think about it. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I never really... 
I had experienced speed wobbles before, but not to this extent. Yeah. Um, but he. Well, he was onto me, something. I mean, it can be dangerous, but ultimately you have to judge it because there have been times where I've had speed wobble, <laughs> and it, I just stuck with it and it worked out. There was other times it didn't work out. <laughs> But you don't know until unless you're the one, and like you can actually calm yourself down to the point where it's not dangerous anymore, and you could just handle it. But yeah, that's that's so sad. He's trying to protect you, and he ended up <laughs> convincing you to launch yourself off of the, the board. Which really, while you're on the board, you're safe. It's just when you're off the board and you're moving <laughs> at a certain velocity, and the ground is a certain hardness, roughness. Well, that is what it is. That's exactly. cool. I wish he would have said, you know, slow down or instead of just stop, stop, stop. But, um, you know, I took that chance and I trusted him and I, he didn't realize, you know, what I could handle. And it was yeah. just a miscommunication and I'm perfectly okay with that. That's cool. So. How much time do you have? How much time? Um, I have about five more minutes. Okay, so back to the fears. What was the first one? Triphobia? Triphobia. Yes. How old were you when you realized that that was mm. a phobia of yours? I believe I was in my psychology AP class in my junior year of high school. And, um, well, just to distinguish between the two, I'm, I mean, before you, you might not have even known the name, but mm -hmm. just when you knew what the fear was and that. Um,. Probably about a year or two before that. Um, okay. It didn't bother me or anything um, until I guess I really started paying attention to it. Yeah. And um, that can be a downside of being aware of the exact phobia. Exactly. I've taken it uh, to make. I'm, I'm making a point to know where all my feelings come from, and so I figured, you know, I got as an archer. Here. <laughs> you know, as a human being, I think it's important. <laughs> so. No, I agree, and that's part of the reason why I uh, ask people um, is to see um, how much work they've done in that area and maybe give me some insight on how to do more. Because, like, right now, maybe if I thought about it tonight, I would know the answer. But at some points, I knew exactly what I was afraid of, and I think I'm a little bit out of touch with that right now. And maybe it's just that I haven't been afraid in a while. And I think, oh, I'm fearless. <laughs> and in reality, when it comes around, then I'll know, you know. And I've been in a grace period of some sorts. So it's, it's a human thing, though, you know. Regardless of, I, I feel, regardless of what it is, really it's how do you deal with it and how do you figure out what it is that's the most interesting to me. Absolutely. And um, now that you've said that, I have been able to pinpoint my fear. My fear would be not, I don't want to say not being remembered, but not being able to help as much as I can, possibly. Um, whether it be one person um, to an entire nation. Yeah. Um, if I am not successful in being helpful, that would just tear me to bits, and I think that's one of the reasons as to why I was spending, you know, last night thinking about these upcoming months as to help, uh, how I can help my friends and um, just in general. I really enjoy volunteering and I do all these other things and um, it just really comes down to um, 
volunteering is great. You're not really going to have an effect of the outcome right away, but when you're dealing with people and their feelings, and some of these people are suicidal, um, you get into much heavier territory where their lives really can just depend on you. Right. And I have one particular friend who actually just about a week ago um, was about to kill himself. And um, he was on the phone with me during that time and I was doing everything I possibly, you know, felt like I could do to help him out. And in the end, he just told me, you know, out of my family, out of my friends, you were the only real hope I have in this world. You were really the only person who I feel who cares about me. And I worry that if I take that away, what does that mean for him in his life? Is it worth my, you know, as I said earlier, my, my well-being yeah. um, for somebody else's life? And that's something that I've been struggling with lately because um, I, I've done this for so many years, I never really knew, um, you know, what I was doing. I've, I'm not at all boasting about this, but I have helped a lot of my friends just not hurt themselves or find other ways to stop hurting themselves or killing themselves. And um, um, it's taken a toll on me, you know, uh, yeah. stress-wise, health-wise. Um, but in the end, um, I'm just. I'm just a girl who is trying to help everyone out, and if I'm not a, enough to save somebody's life, that would be my greatest fear, being unsuccessful, and not being there for somebody, taking their hope away, you know, anything like that. Yeah. So, um, oh, yeah. that would be my greatest fear. <laughs> would you, um, it seems difficult to, uh, it seems difficult to suggest this. But there are professional therapists. This friend of yours, has he ever considered um, calling professional therapists in addition to you? He definitely has tried. He has. Um, unfortunately, he doesn't have a lot of money. And I try and tell him, you know, there are or, places or just, that he just can... just hotlines on me. He feels as if it's... It takes away his pride. Very prideful. Yeah, in that way. I, I can understand that. It's frustrating because I have got him to go to a therapist before. I've got him to go to uh, counselors, um, but in the end, it never. He hasn't found somebody that he really can connect to in a way. Yeah. Um, and I, apparently, I've been the only successful person in that way. Um, it is frustrating because he has friends who have tried to help him. And just the other night when he was um, in a dark place, he was telling me, you know, my friends have tried to help me, but none of them are successful compared to you. And I just tell him, you know, that's not really fair to say that nobody's trying, nobody cares, when obviously these people do care and they are trying their best. But you have to remember, we're all just, we're all just young adults trying to figure out ourselves. And I know that some of his friends have, you know, issues of their own to deal with and yeah. without professionals we can't help you you have to you have to try and help yourself but remember that we love and support you no matter what but you're gonna have to really take this by the reins and help yourself yeah yeah that's really uh, it's good that you're doing good work 
but it is a lot on you. And um, ultimately, for his own health, I think he will eventually uh, have to move on to someone who's professional at dealing with these types of things because it can weigh down on your life to the point where you can't even help him anymore as much as you would like to. Um, that being said, I'm aware of your time, so I have the last question, all right? Mm-hmm. It's the most important question. The most important in the question in the universe. <laughs> lump or bump? Lump or bump? A bump. That's right. Thank you. I'm a real tigger. I've got triggers. Dip her in honey. I will lick her like Pooh Bear. I'm too rare. You care bears. Your crew scared. Tape here when the fam's near. Cheap shit. That's out. Weekends in the kitchen. Off the deep end, but I'm living. Ooh. Cleaner than soapbox. The Chef of X podcast. Mmm, delicious.